Welcome to The Lead, a podcast about how to get ahead in the news industry from the people who did. I'm Jacqueline Gannon. On today's episode, I'm talking to Erin Schilling, a digital editor at the Atlanta Business Chronicle. She's also a University of Georgia alum. Today, we're talking about the skills that got Erin promoted to editor only a few years after she graduated college and about how business journalism tells the stories of cities. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is produced by the Cox Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership at the University of Georgia's Grady College. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. Now, here's the lead. Hey, Erin, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So my first question is, what drew you to working in business journalism specifically? Um, Dr. Herndon, who you know, obviously, is a... Uh, UGA professor here, and he is a big champion for business journalism. And I definitely, in the beginning of college, was sort of like, ugh, that sounds boring. And I think talking with him and talking with the recruitment manager at American City Business Journals, I sort of realized, you know, money is everything, right? Which, you know, we sort of already know in our daily lives. But the flow of money is what's shaping cities. It's what's sort of the rise and fall of these like very interesting executives and people and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, you know, journalism is about storytelling and people are the ones behind business. Like business journalism sort of initially sounded boring, but I was able to sort of get all of these skills to learn this this flow of money that I could report in in really any beat. And I was still, you know, telling stories about people, which is why I got into journalism in the first place. And so at Atlanta Business Chronicle, do you, have you found that you bring a more of a unique viewpoint to the newsroom just by being a bit younger since you just graduated uh, three years ago? It's a funny question because when I uh, first joined the Business Chronicle, I was the youngest person there. And then Right after I joined, like a year or so later, they hired Savannah Sicarella, who is a fellow Grady grad, who's a year younger than me, and Tyler Wilkins, who's also a year younger and Grady grad, and then um, Zach Armstrong, who is from uh, Pittsburgh, so not a dog. But basically, so now our newsroom is, is full of people in their early 20s, um, which I think is good because we're able to look at the um, city and sort of the business deals happening in a different light. Like we might have more sensitivity toward gentrification and displacement. We definitely have a drive to make sure that we have diversity and we're covering diversity and stuff like that. And so I think those are those are some of the things that we bring as a young person. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, my newsroom is actually skews very young. Yeah, that's awesome. That's Good to hear, too, like with something like the Business Chronicle, that wouldn't be what I immediately thought of. But I think those are all really important points. So what are the skills that you think have helped you so far succeed in that role? I think one of them is definitely confidence or maybe even just the fake it till you make it mentality. Because when you walk into a room of people with net worths of, you know, millions of dollars who are sort of controlling the real estate of the city or big corporations or startups or whatever. These are powerful people and they can be very intimidating. And you have to sort of come in with the confidence of not being scared to ask hard questions um, and press them a little bit. And especially being a younger person, 
you might not be taken as seriously in those situations because they might look at you and think like, oh, they don't understand financing or whatever, which to the one end, I think you can sort of use to your advantage of like, oh, can you please explain this to me? Like, just walk me through it. That would really help because people love that. People love teaching you about things. So I think just just having the confidence to ask those hard questions and to admit when you don't know something, when you're talking to people to be like, hey, yeah, like I actually don't understand what this is. Can you help me? I think is very important. And then I think source development just in terms of more of a journalism skill has been super important because that's, I mean, a lot of the companies that we're covering are private companies. And so, yes, you can use the public record, but a lot of the scoops and major stories that you're going to get are going to be just from talking to people. And so you have to have like keep up those relationships and and call people when you don't need something necessarily um, and sort of build that level of trust with people. And then I think mining public records is sort of always important in journalism and learning how to work with data and uh, work with like these big data sets that seem sort of intimidating at first. And then again, with that, being able to reach out to a person and saying, hey, I, I totally don't understand this. Can you help me? Like having... I mean, there is a level of confidence that goes into being like, I don't know what this means. Please help. Yeah, I think that like being humble about what you actually know is definitely really important. And then data and records are like such a big deal now. I feel like there are entire classes devoted to them, especially in business when you have to like comb through all these reports. Mm -hmm. So your job title is digital editor. So I'm curious what that actually like means. Like what are your day to day responsibilities? What does that entail? Yeah, so I, I essentially edit all of the stories that go onto the website. So we're a digital-first publication. Um, the reporters are expected to write one or two stories a day. And so I am the main editor for sort of those daily churn stories. And then um, we have a managing editor who works on cover stories. And then we have some special sections and stuff like that that go with the paper, go with events. That takes up a majority of my day is the editing process. And then I also work with the reporters of you know, they're chasing a scoop and they need advice on something or they see something in a public filing and they ask if they think that that would be a good story or not. And so I'm sort of there as a sounding board for them. And then on the back end, also in terms of editing, a lot of that is like helping them with headlines to try to make it uh, more eye-catching, helping them with leads, and then monitoring the metrics to sort of see what hits and what doesn't and helping them uh, tailor their coverage to you know, what our audience wants. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a lot of like different things kind of rolled into one. And then so before that current role, you were a tech and innovation reporter also in Atlanta. So what were the kinds of stories that you were covering on that beat? Atlanta is a really fun market to cover because it's such a growth city. There's always stuff happening. And when I was reporting on tech, the main story was not uh, massive tech layoffs. It was like this total influx of investment and new offices and all of that stuff. So I would cover and try to scoop sort of major announcements like Google, Microsoft, um, Nike, Cisco, all these major companies coming in, setting up offices in Atlanta, like why they did that. Um, and then I would also report on startups. So Atlanta has a pretty big entrepreneurial scene. And so I'd report on like which startups are getting money, sort of what are the new startups that you need to be watching. And then sort of the undercurrent of all of that being diversity in tech, because Atlanta is such a diverse city that 
the diversity of Atlanta became a real asset for it in terms of its tech growth because these major companies wanted to diversify their workforces and we were seeing more um, people of color. I mean, it's it's still leagues of way where it should be, but more people of color getting funding for their startups and so sort of covering that angle as well. Yeah, and then was was that during COVID? So was that like a big part of the story as well? I came in October 2020. So definitely still prime COVID era in that I did not meet in person any of my coworkers for like six months. But it's sort of the franticness of COVID had chilled out by then. And so we were covering a lot of effects. Like I did a lot of stories about how people were using the office, sort of like the different ways that they were keeping in touch with their employees, which sort of went along with employee retention and stuff like that. Um, but really right in that, like right after the, um, sort of first COVID wave, there's just like a, a boom of tech investments because everyone was like, wow, we need to fix our tech stack because like all of our employees are working from home. So that ended up being uh, a really interesting time to be a tech reporter. And so you, I feel like are pretty young to be like an editor and I think that's super impressive. So do you know, like what you did to stand out to get like that promotion to digital editor or what skills showed I guess the higher-ups like oh we need her to be an editor um well thank you I think one of them is definitely sort of this passion like I think my editors could really tell that I had a passion for the our standard of reporting like I want to obviously I wanted to get things right but I also wanted it to be sort of the best um and I I inherently felt that standard on myself, but I also wanted everyone else to do the best. Um, and so the next reporter that came in after me to do tech, like I like wanted to coach him and I wanted to make sure that like his stories were up to sort of the standard that I felt like I had set um, in our tech coverage. And so that was really important to me. And I think that sort of passion for getting it right really stood out. And then another thing, I think I'm coachable. I would call it, or maybe it's just following directions. Um, but I, I think I could really take what my editor was saying on my cover stories and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, I like understood the edits and I would really strive to make that happen. And I think sort of that coachability thing sounds obvious, like, okay, yeah, follow directions. But sometimes it's sort of harder than you might think it is. And so I think my... Um, I don't know, my ability to adapt to what they were saying or what they were uh, requesting that I do or what could make the story better and being able to adapt and do that also sort of stood out. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think there's definitely a difference between like being like, okay, yeah, I get this change and then trying to make it not happen again in the future. Um, and so this might be a little bit of a harder question because I know you've done a lot of stories, but if you had to pick just one what would be like your favorite story that you've worked on at the Business Chronicle or maybe just one of the, your favorites and why? Um, I think one of my favorite stories came from us getting beat by the AJC. Like, I was very upset because um, Rivian, the electric vehicle startup, um, you know, they had uh, announced their $5 billion facility in Covington, sort of east of Atlanta which the AGC had also scooped us on that announcement. So like, I was like, I already had that going for me. And then the state released their massive tax incentive package that they were giving to Rivian to relocate here. And the AGC beat us on that. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to make my story different? Like, I do not want to follow the AJC. Like, 
I've been covering Rivian. I can't believe they scooped me. And I started researching more into Rivian and their production numbers and sort of their projections were lower. They were having all of these supply chain problems. They were losing money and losing money, I found from like the SEC filings. And so I wrote a story that the angle was essentially that Georgia's $1.5 billion tax incentive package was not a sure bet. Like there's no real guarantee that this factory was going to um, be successful because this is a startup. They don't have sort of that proven business model yet. And so I did that story really just from competitiveness and then um, sort of was like, okay, I'm onto something. Like there's some national news outlets also covering their sort of financial straits. And so I did a bigger cover story just on all of the different clauses in the tax incentive package and sort of what that means and how, what level of investment they're actually beholden to. Um, and then what Rivian has done in terms of their supply chain problems and their production failures and recalls and all of that. And I think it was, it was like sort of like a level of business watchdog journalism because uh, economic development officials was touting this as this big, huge win for the state. And I think it was, and still is really just not as 100%, you know, as they were making it seem. That's awesome. I like that it came from you being like, I got to get back in the race with this story. I like that like competitiveness at like a, you know, a healthy level. But yeah. And so speaking of student journalism, while you were at UGA, you worked at the Red and Black. So what were some of the roles you held there and how did that impact your journalism career and maybe your desire to go into the field? Um, I definitely wanted to be a journalist before I got into college and I, you know, pulled up onto the Athens campus and knocked on the red and black door and was like, let me in freshman year, you know, like that was the first thing that I did. So I knew that I wanted to work there. Um, I started as a staff writer and then I, um, went onto the news desk and I became news editor and then I did like managing editor one summer and I was editor in chief. And then I did a digital managing editor role. So I sort of bounced around in these different editorial roles. That was my like biggest experience in college journalism. Like Grady is great and taught me a lot, but the red and black is where I really learned everything. And then the other thing was it really taught me how to work with others. <laughs> Not that I would say I was a hard person to work with before, but I really fell in love with editing and helping other people you know, make their story shine. I loved rewriting headlines or brainstorming new leads or new angles and stuff like that. And I think I learned sort of that healthy, I can help you and I don't want to take over your story. You know, like there's a level of give and take there when you're editing that you're not trying to rewrite someone's work. You're just trying to help them make it shine more. Um, so I really enjoyed doing that. I think it also showed me just the importance of local journalism. I would, uh, when I was reporting at the Red and Black and I would go to meetings, I would see the same faces every time and they would thank me for my reporting and I learned all of these, you know, all the different things going on in Athens and at UGA. Uh, and it really, I really fell in love with the idea of being embedded in a community and doing journalism that really mattered to the people around me. That's very relatable for me. I did the same thing basically when freshman year. I went up and was like, please take me. And I had no idea if I wanted to do journalism, but they I learned so much and they were very generous. I'm sure my first articles were very rough. But yeah, I, I completely agree about the value of student journalism and joining those media organizations. Mm -hmm. So 
Also, speaking of student journalists, what advice do you have for aspiring journalists, maybe specifically those who are interested in business journalism or who might not know that they're interested yet? Yeah, I would say don't rule out any opportunity. Um, I, I didn't really have this innate, like, I need to cover politics or I really want to cover music or anything like that. Um, even at the Run of Black, I was always sort of trying out different beats and I would not have told you in college that I would love being a tech or economic development reporter or that I would even love business journalism. But I think it's about how you cover the beat. And for me, journalism was about storytelling. And I love storytelling so much that it didn't really matter what beat I was on. And so I think like not not closing the door on opportunities just because you're like, oh, that's not exactly what I want to do. Because you could also sort of parlay that into other opportunities. Um, like something that we always say at the Business Chronicle is stories beget stories. So when you're reporting one story, this guy offhandedly said something and gives you a lead on another story. And then, you know, you're talking to someone about something and then they uh, confirm the scoop that you've been chasing. So it's just like that constant um you know, you're constantly getting better as you're talking to more people and as you're writing more stories. And I sort of feel the same way in terms of advice of, you know, just try out everything um, and don't sort of turn up your nose in an opportunity just because it's not exactly what you would want because that will, you know, that will continue into other opportunities. Yeah, I like that advice. Is My favorite piece of advice is just always say yes to everything. Yeah, exactly. Like not everything, same, but... Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erin, for joining. I really enjoyed our chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you again to Erin for joining me on this episode, and thank you for tuning into The Lead. I'm your host, Jacqueline Ganun. Our executive producer is Charlotte Norsworthy, and this show is supported by the Cox Institute. To keep up with The Lead and hear more from media leaders, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're at The Lead Podcast. See you next time.